Grace, happy Monday. Eric, happy Monday. Grace, I am in heaven because this yeah. is episode 11. Oh my goodness. Did you couldn't see have, that coming? Couldn't have guessed it. Couldn't have guessed yeah. that you would rhyme 11 with heaven. I know it. I know it. Here we go. I'm Eric Idiot Renner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller, and enjoy the party. Kevin, seven, and like, there's not much else. Like, I, Kevin, Bevin, Ke- Kevin. Kevin, listen here, here with Kevin. <laughs> I was about to say, well, I, I had a lead in. I was something about you being Kevin for this whole show, and but I decided to go. With, you ruined it. You yeah. ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried. You did. Good so, job. So, Grace, happy Monday. Here happy we are. Monday. Middle of May already crazy mm-hmm. yep all right first things first yeah. let's talk about you you just did a big adventure I did. self-supported fkt yeah. attempt on the horseshoe trail 145 mile trail yeah what's the elevation gain on that it was like one or mm-hmm. 17 or something like that that sounds about right yeah yeah so how all right, start from the beginning, I guess. We got Yeah. Well, this is just <laughs> start from the beginning. So, I I completed 90 miles in 3 days. Really happy with the 90 miles that I finished. I did not finish the entire 145 as I had hoped. Uh I hoped for it, but I don't want to say that I you know, when I was done at 90, I called my husband. I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. He's like, okay, I'll come get you. So he came and rescued me. And, and, you know, I packed up my stuff and he's like, well, you're, you feel, you're not really hung up and upset about this too much. I said, no, I think I'm good. I I enjoyed my three days. I really had fun out there. And here's the thing. I Do you still feel that way today as we're speaking? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I, so I changed jobs and my last day of my last job was last Tuesday. And that left me Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to have fun and do something crazy. And three of those days I spent in the woods and the other two days I spent with my husband and I started my new job today. So I, I honestly feel great. Nice. Well, it's always nice to be mentally feel good after something like that. I mean, a lot of things physically yeah. can go wrong, but uh, to come out of it with kind of no regrets. And, no regrets. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is I knew going into it that I was in uncharted territory. So I had a 25-pound pack on my back. This was self-supported. That meant nobody could crew me. Nobody could pace me. I had to figure everything out on my own. 
And so considering the extra weight, it really slows you down. <laughs> it slows me down at least. I mean, it's, it's heavy. And then not only that, but it's like, well, I got to filter my own water. So I need to stop and filter water and I need to take care of my, I need to wash my own socks. Like I have to do everything by myself. And it's a lot of extra time that usually your crew is helping you or, or somebody else. And, um, uh, I, I finished, you know, 35 miles on day one, 20 on day, day two was a hot mess. I only finished 20, uh, only, I don't want to say only I finished 20 miles on day two and I did, I did 37 on day one, 20 on day two, 34 on day three. And in hiking terms, that distance is insane. Hiking terms, you would do nine to 15 is a normal day. So to do 20 is a huge day in the world of hiking. Well, I did 37 on day one and I feel super great about that. So with the, the pack you had on day one, were you, was it like a, a fat shuffle as fast as you can move type of thing? Or was there actually still running, running uh, involved, the form of running and just maybe slower? Um, it was a shuffle. The whole, I shuffled all three days, um, but the shuffle was um, like a, it's like a, I would hit a 12 minute mile sometimes, but a 12 to 14 minute mile is my shuffle. And right. that's all I wanted to do because of the impact when you weigh. <laughs> Imagine like carrying a toddler on your back and, <laughs> and how much more damage it does to your feet. It tires your feet out faster. And um, one of my biggest issues, the frame of my pack, because it has a metal frame in it, um, the frame of my pack was digging into my back um, on day one and two. And then I just removed it for day three. And that made me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the reason hikers are so good at FKTs is well, fast packing, I guess fast packers mm -hmm. are so good at it is because they, they practice all the time. It's kind of like running. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get your body ready for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that I was going into it with very little fast packing experience and uh, and I was like, you know, I'm going to try my best. And if it doesn't happen, that's OK. And, and and this wasn't my initial plan. My initial plan was a race that I was going to do at the end of May. I ended up pulling myself out of it. So right. this was like a this is something that was not on my radar originally. And um, really happy with the adventures that I got to have. Yeah. Give me something out there. OK. Day one was your most fresh day. Uh -huh. what, what out there made you smile? Uh, I, I love, I love the process and I don't know about you because you with, it's probably more similar to the mid state, your FKT and the mid state where I did as much as I could to plan quickly and scout as much of the trail as I could prior to this attempt. And I didn't end up haven't time to scout the entire thing, but I had friends come with me. And so the first like 13 miles of this trail, Laura and I had done together and uh, parts of it were pretty, pretty miserable, but we were in misery together. And so the whole first section of day one, I'm thinking about my fun times with Laura that we laughed together. And then, uh, the next section that I got to, uh, my, my, um, 
friend Lacey and I had done together. She came with me to scout some of it. So I'm thinking about Lacey the whole time. And uh, I really, that brought a smile to my face was thinking about the friends who helped me ahead of time plan and prepare and uh, the fun things that we did. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. Did you get lonely at all? Um, I, I probably did. I think I got lonely. Day two was lonely. Um, I, the whole time, three days, uh, actually on the trail, I saw, I think four people total. Um, when I would go through towns and stuff like that, of course I saw more people. Um, <clears throat> but I think four people for <laughs> four people for three days, it was pretty lonely. There was not a lot of, <laughs> not a lot of people out there. And I was, um, I did enjoy, I was listening to a couple of books and the books I was listening to, um, there's a woman who uh, used to have the overall FKT of the Appalachian Trail. And so she was talking um, about her uh, experience out on the AT trying to, to do uh, self-supported. And so uh, I, that made me feel a little less lonely just listening to that. I never felt scared while I was out there. Um, but I, you know... There were times where I was like, yeah, I wish I had somebody with me, but, uh, but I, I, I also very much enjoy being out there by myself. You know, you said you saw four pe four people, you said over three days or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I did, when I did the mid-state trail and then, yeah, I keep bringing up mid-state trail cause it's the biggest thing I've done, especially like it's on my cute. own. Right. Yeah. But like I was three days in, in the middle of the state of PA and on the top of this mountain and I hadn't seen a soul yet other than Becky, you know, at the, mm -hmm. at the stops where she was kind of crewing me um, because I did that supported obviously, but I'm going along in the morning and just feel obviously feeling tired. And there's a hiker that's coming towards me on the trail. It's like, Oh, cool. Finally see somebody. And I just, I go past him and I was moving pretty good. I said, Hey, have a good one. You know, have a great day. It's beautiful out or something. And he says, mm -hmm. Hey, thanks. He said, Hey, are you that, you got, are you that guy going for the, the fastest known time? Yeah. And I, I stopped in my tracks. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And uh, it like blew my mind that this random yeah. person stays up enough on social media that knew that that week during that week I was going, you know, attempting it. And he thought he might see me mm -hmm. but my goodness. Like my, my uh, energy level just went through the roof at that point. Yeah. You know, big smile on my face. I felt like a million bucks for a while. Yeah. So that was really cool. And I mean, I think I saw a total of two or three people the whole mm -hmm. length of that trail. So it was pretty quiet. Yeah. And I think those are the things that I, I didn't feel so alone because I knew like there were so many people who reached out to me ahead of time and afterwards and were supporting me. And so I didn't feel very lonely. Although... I had a cool experience on day three. So day three, I had brought cash with me because I knew there were a couple of vegetable stands along the way. And I found this vegetable stand and it was a pretty busy stand. And they had lettuce and asparagus and they had those huge like beefsteak tomatoes. And I bought this tomato <laughs> and it was a dollar fifty. I bought a giant tomato and I ate it like an apple. And this, this guy in a truck stopped and he says, are you doing the, the horseshoe trail? And I said, yeah. And he says, where, where did you start? I said, well, I started at the Eastern Terminus and in, in Monada Gap. And he goes, 
you've been out here for a few days. And I said, yeah, I have been. And he's like, that's awesome. So I, I had, I think that's so cool too. You know, even if it's somebody, you know, or somebody you don't know, uh, it, it's cool to hear that. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all know we can do these things. We have the physical power and mental ability to do these runs and races and stuff, but I, I don't know anybody that wouldn't, that wouldn't get them fired. Things like that wouldn't get them fired up. You know, there's just yeah. something to it. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't need it, but man, it sure does help. And it sure makes you, it makes a person feel good. I did. Uh, Tess saying that, man, if I could be her when I grow up, I tell you, tell you, she put into the chat. I wish it could be more like Grace Badass with an even more badass attitude. But I tell you what, this was, I like, I, I want to be honest with you. I, I think any big thing that I've gone after, whether it was an FKT, big for me, like my first half marathon, you know, my first ultra, whatever it is, whenever I've gone after something like that, my first Spartan, I, I think whether I wanted to admit it to myself or not, I was always trying to prove something. And I think I was trying to prove to myself that, you know, try to prove to myself that I'm worthy and, and all those corny things. And I think this was the first time that I didn't feel that way. I really wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody else or to myself. Truly, I was out there. I was kind of open-minded about it. I was like, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen out there. I don't know if I'm going to come to some great realization. And and I, I did have a pretty kind of... Um, I, I don't know, an incredible experience that I had on day two. It was a little bit of a breakdown, a little bit of a breakthrough um, that I will happily tell people out if they go out on a trail run with me. So day day two, I had that breakthrough moment. and But I was really open. Like, I don't know what's going to happen out there. And if I have a breakthrough moment, that's great. If I don't, that's fine. Um, but, you know, Tessie, talk about that attitude I think this was one of the, this was the first time that I truly felt like I was not, I, I wasn't trying to, um, I didn't feel like I had, had anything to prove. And right. that was, that was great. What know. made you stop, Grace? I had a combination of a lot of things happening and I had about 60 miles to go. And I knew that I had to start a new job on Monday. So I knew that the probability of me finishing 30 miles on Saturday, 30 miles on Sunday, and then feeling prepared enough to start a professional job where I have to be in a suit and clean and look nice. Right. Um, I, I just didn't feel like that was going to happen. And in addition to that, I felt like I got what I came for. And day two, I had a bit of a breakdown, a bit of a breakthrough. And then day three, I had so much fun. And I said, you know what? I'm good. I, I feel good about it. And I know I, I have all these other things in the real world that I need to take care of. And, um, and, and I hope to come back and try well it again. That that was my next question. Are you going to <laughs> are you going to go back to that trail? And yeah, you're, it's an open ended question, and it should be an open ended answer. I mean, you shouldn't 
shouldn't have a definite answer even right now. Maybe uh, takes a lot of thought and it's a big, it's a big jump and big effort and a lot of time, but where do you stand right now? For sure. Doing it at some point, probably what? Yeah, I feel pretty strongly that I will. And part of it's because this is part of a longer, bigger project for me. Mm -hmm. uh, there are five interconnected trails down here in South Central Pennsylvania. Um, the Conestoga, uh, which I used to have the FKT for the Mason Dixon. I do have the FKT, the Brandywine. I have the unsupported FKT and then the horseshoe. And there's a portion of the AT. So there's two remaining pieces. And um, so those two remaining pieces. So if I complete the other two, then I will have completed these five interconnected trails, which means nothing to anybody else except in my brain. I think it would be cool. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I, I, I think it would be kind of cool to have all five of them completed. Um, so I'm going to feel incomplete until I finish up the horseshoe. And then there's a 50 mile section of the AT that connects everything. Um, but I, I do feel like I, I don't feel like I need the FKT. I just need to do it from start to finish, whether or not it's a fastest on time doesn't matter as much. Um, but after attempting it self-supported, uh, that was a very cool experience. And I am, I'm really, I don't think I want to do it supported. You know, I, I want to go after it self-supported again, you know. I still say, I, th I think you should try to stash stuff along intersections along the way, wear less of a yeah. pack and then just use yeah. those stashes to refill your, your regular running pack. I think that's yeah. what you're I think you're spot on. You know, I was kind of trying to have my cake and eat it too and say, well, I want to go really, I want to do a lot of mileage in four days. And I also have to take care of myself, but I also am refusing to stash. And, right. and you know, you, you kind of got to pick one or the other. And I was trying to have it all. And I don't think that was realistic. I either needed to have more time to complete it realistically and have a buffer or I needed to be, um, I needed to just uh, let go of this concept of carrying everything with me and, or at least a lot of things with me and, and really just stash my own things and try to go speedy. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Pagano, he says that when he's done with racing, he often wishes that he was still out there. I kind of like a looking back probably the day after or the week after, or as soon as you finish, man, Steve, I mean, it, it, I feel like that's the reason a lot of us do what we do. I know Grace, I don't know about you, but like uh, racing and especially the big FKTs, the ones that take a piece of your soul, mm -hmm. the ones that make you question if you're a normal human being, Yeah, like the memories I took away from some of my biggest, races such as Tahoe 200 and Mid-State Trail. Mm -hmm. We've already talked about the help you get, the people you, that help you, the memories that are burned inside my brain and my soul for eternity will yeah. never be forgotten. Yeah, I wish I could quit my job <laughs> and take my family with me, but just go live in the wild like some weird monk or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've had this conversation before you and I um, just, uh, you know, at your house, hanging out at the before, um, yep. before the idiot runs. And we've chatted about this before. Absolutely. I, 
I, it's, a, I don't know what it is. If it's a, like a separation anxiety, I, I feel so comfortable out there. And then sometimes going back to civilization is incredibly uncomfortable. And, um, a nice transition is, is just sitting at home for a couple of days and being with my family, with my friends, with my husband I, is a good transition because um, being like a normal human uh, and, and having to work and having to, you know, I, I have a demanding job. And so, so trying to be a decision maker and send emails and lead meetings, it, it, feels very synthetic and uh it feels so natural just to be out on the trail and so yeah and it, it it makes you question what's you know what's real and what's what's not like, <laughs> I mean, my depression from you know being down and out after a race or a very mm -hmm. long run is yeah. exactly that it's like i don't want to be here i don't want to be at work i don't really want to be at my house, I want to be there because that's yeah. where my happiness was. And it's not, it's all good, but it's, uh, it takes a while to come to adjust back into reality. Yep. Absolutely. For so sure. it was fun. I, uh, enjoyed it and I'm ready to not have any adventures happening for a little bit. We'll, we'll be able to talk more about Massanutten because you have that. When is that next weekend? This coming weekend, Grace. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. You almost just said whoop, didn't you? Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, well, great job, as always. It's still a lot of miles. And like I said, you, you went out there, you're happy with, with what you did, and that's all that really matters. Nobody else cares. Nothing, nobody, no other. Nobody cares. I, you said it right there. Nobody cares what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, glad I'm glad it's finally <laughs> sinking in nobody cares grace <laughs> got it <laughs> um yeah, well the, the important thing is you you came out of it pretty healthy right yeah yeah i have some um i had some skin stuff that was happening i had uh not so much chafing but like basically rug burn on my ankles my ankles were in bad shape uh my legs have are covered in a combination of poison ivy and bug bites and my lower back i have kind of welts from my pack so uh that's all superficial you know so that's that's gonna go away in the next couple of days and i will be i've forced myself to not run but i feel like i could i went for a hike yesterday and it felt good nice all right let's shift gears all right Yes. To talk about to talk about our mistakes. Yeah. All right. Mistakes that we've all made or you've made or I've made while running slash racing, correct? Yeah, I want to hear about your mistakes. All right. I have a ton of mistakes. Now I really don't have that many that I can think of. There's probably a lot more that are hidden in my head. I just don't remember because it's all blur when you're racing. Yeah. Um you were ta just talking about chafing, so I'll start with that one. And I think, okay. I mean, we'll get into the post we made on Facebook. A lot of uh, a lot of people commented some great things, some absolutely great things. Um, but chafing was was a top top five subject. But anyway, I 
mistake I made. Let's see. Um, mountain masochist 50 miler. I mm-hmm. might have been my first 50 mile race. I don't know. Down in Virginia or West Virginia. One of those. Um, Virginia. Thank you. Pretty cool race. A lot of dirt roads, but uh cool atmosphere. And I, I was, I took with, I thought I was pretty cool. And I had this, this pair, I think it was like underwear slash running tights, Solomon running tights. They're black. They're made of this weird synthetic fabric that was skin tight, but you looked really cool. Kind of like Matt Lipsy-esque <laughs> type of uh running tight. I, I don't know. That's he, he comes to mind. I don't know. But anyway, I bought a pair. A friend of mine had a discount code for Solomon. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this $120 pair of underwear and it's going to make me fast, right? <laughs> fast <laughs> underwear. Got it. This was like very expensive underwear. But any, I, I, and I want to say for some reason, I wore a pair of shorts with liners over top of them. So you had that like lower end Ooh. tight sticking out of your shorts, right? Uh-huh. So anyway let's just say 20 or 30 miles into the race, I'm running down the road and I am feeling this burn down in the nether regions, right? <laughs> the, the, the burn that we're all familiar with. And it's like, something's not right. Something's- I don't know. I don't think I'm familiar with this burn. No. Well, the, the, the burn, I don't, I don't get a lot of chafing. Well, that's good. I, I will try to paint you a picture. The burn okay. of chafing is beginning. And if I don't do something immediately, I have 25 miles left and it's going to be fire crotch and blood <laughs> by the time I get done. I'm sure of it. Oh, right. So, and that slows you down. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, I, was doing pretty, I was doing pretty good in this race, but anyway, we're on these dirt roads and there's a lot of uh, spectators enough where like there was no quiet time for myself. Like I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, put my hand down my pants, trying to shift things around. Nothing's uh-huh. working. Well, I finally realized like the only way that I'm going to be better is if I get, if I take these things off. And again, I think I just had a pair of shorts where I knew stuff wasn't just going to be flying willy nilly. If I take these tights off, I still had, <laughs> I still had some, some composure to hold things. I'm trying to use the right words here to hold things. I together. love you attempting to talk. So, <laughs> so. So I find like I'm running along and there's nowhere to get by myself. So I had to like run off of the dirt road, down over the hill, get behind a tree. And for some reason, these, these Solomon tights, I couldn't just pull them down over my shoes. So I had to take my shoes off and take the underwear off. So I'm standing there behind this tree, buck naked while people are running by on the dirt road and then put my shorts back on and then manage it. I, I was better the rest of the race. So my mistake was don't wear something the first time on race day, obviously. There you go. And make sure you're prepared for possible chafing. I mean, it was like a humid day, but. Yeah. Fast pants give you fire crotch. That's and I've never worn them. I still have them in my closet full of junk and I've never worn them again to this day. And I mean, I should sell them. They're like a hundred dollars. I again, for the pair of underwear, Solomon underwear. And they, they went through quite an experience already. So, yeah, I mean, my, um, if you can picture me standing behind a tree with running shoes on and like a tight shirt and that's it, you know, nothing downstairs. <laughs> like I'm Winnie like, the Pooh. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. But there was no bowl of honey or whatever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we asked in the group, 
I don't want to linger on that too long. We asked uh, out in the in the Facebook group, we asked what other mistakes people have made. Um, we said that we were going to talk about this. So I do want to share a couple of them. Um, Alicia had added this one, which is just great. Screaming about my womanly issue and my hoo-ha. And Don never letting me forget it. I love that. Nobody else is going to forget either now. And I did want to quote that one just because I I know what she was trying to say. I don't know how to spell hoo-ha, but that's definitely what she meant. Hmm. So, uh, so that is a mistake. You got to be careful what you say around Don because he will never let you forget it. I think the... I think the gold star, gold award, number one, though, goes to Derek Heitzman's story of tripping and falling and then pooping himself because he had to go so bad. Mm, That's a good one. I mean, that's that that might beat mine where I fell into my poop, which I talked about. uh, I -hmm. talked about in an earlier episode. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right up there. But the way Mm -hmm. Derek typed it out or his wife typed it out. I think it was like I was there and I, I can picture myself like really needing to go. And if you do slip, well, there's muscles that are contracting and not contracting. And if you really have to go, man, like that's embarrassing. And like yeah. they were in, they weren't even married at that point. That was just like a date run or something. Oh, man. <laughs> Kudos <laughs> to him. Wow. Uh, there's a good amount of pooping and hydration stories. Mm-hmm. Um, there were uh, wiping with poison ivy because I forgot my emergency shit kit. Right. That was from Joey. Uh, squatting in poison ivy, not once, but twice. Having to poop at World's End 100K and not having wipes ended up using my thin gloves, said Andrew. Oh, boy. Yeah. There was and- another one. Um, I mean, that just goes to show, and which I did have that before. I was out on a training. I was scouting. I was scouting the Mason Dixon with Julia. And I, it was a short, you know, I think we were doing maybe seven miles, nine miles, something like that. Road, road miles. I'm like a piece of cake. I don't need to bring my whole shit kit. I uh, love that we have that term now. I've never used that before, but I'm going to keep using it now. Uh, And I didn't bring it. And thankfully, Julia had something because I was like, man, we got half a mile to the car and I'm not going to make it like (laughs) This is, I'm going to have to go in this person's yard. The end. Grace, I went, nobody else knows this. Uh, this is the first time on live on. Everybody's going to know it now. Yeah. I went in somebody's yard. Have you ever been to the Outer Banks mm-hmm. at all? So most people have, I feel like it's a popular tourist destination, right? Yeah. But like the strip that is Outer Banks. I mean, we weren't, we were South of like the busy part of Outer Banks, but still like it's only that one main road and you have houses on each side and businesses and up in the beach. Like there's right. no, there's not really trees. There's a couple hedges maybe, man. And we went down there and I, I used to get up and do my early morning runs like in sunrise. You got the Outer Banks, you got to go for a run and when the sun's coming up, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Like I took a crap right on the side of that main, whatever that main road is, it's, it's a number or name going through the outer, you know, down the island there, peninsula, whatever you call it. Yeah. It it just happened to be early enough in the morning where like I could see both ways that cars weren't coming. I could hear no cars were coming and there was no hiding. Like there was nowhere to go. You could go on the side of a building maybe, but come on, that's just wrong. 
yeah, yeah. That, that was a that was a pretty out there one. Oh boy, I've never had to do that. Thankfully, um, it's it's been some close calls. Route yeah. twelve, route twelve, said Chad. Thank you, Chad. Thank wow. you, yeah. Chad, our savior. Yes, I pooped on route twelve. <laughs> I yeah. haven't had to do that. I've I've been if I was in somebody's yard, it was like their yard also had woods in it. Thankfully. Yeah. I haven't had to do a yard poop. Right. Yeah, when you're at when you're you don't have any trees around, man, you're pretty vulnerable right there, you know? It's not much you can do if somebody comes up on you, just start having a conversation, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Hey, how's your morning going? <laughs> I I think the weirdest thing about being on the trail and and peeing or pooping, what I do, um, I don't know about you, but you face the trail because if anybody sees you, you don't want them to see your rear end. You want them to, because you, oh, you can kind oh. of crunch up. So if, like, I know if somebody comes around the corner, which has never happened to me yet, I'm sure it will eventually, I, they're just going to see my face, like smiling at them. No. <laughs> they're going to see, they're going to see me facing them. No, if they see just my, if they see, if I'm facing away from them, they see my behind, then yeah, you don't want if they that. Say, I'm just going to pretend I'm not real. Like they can talk to me and I'm not going to say anything. Like, yeah, if I stay still enough, they'll go away. Probably. I don't know. Or take I pictures. Would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had some other ones come in uh, to uh, our, our Facebook post. One of them was thinking Mount Gretna trails, which I was just on last week. Thinking about Gretna trails would be sufficient for preparing me for the endless canyons and gorges and climbs of the Pennsylvania wilds. Yeah, they were not. Oh man. And I hear, I hear this one, especially when you hear um, if you live in Pennsylvania and you hear out of staters come to Pennsylvania to race uh, in the Pennsylvania wilds. I've heard that a couple of times. A lot of, and one of my other ones was, uh, and I'm coming from the front of the pack racer is going, going out too hard. And that was a common one in the, in the Facebook thread. Mm -hmm. um, I can't ever seem to um, learn my lesson on that or fix that. Uh -huh. Probably not a great, not a horrible thing, but it's, it's noticeable when it's like, well, I screwed that start up. You know, that first 10 miles is, was, a train wreck because I had to get caught up in the the race atmosphere. I kind of freak I kind of freak out when when a race starts. You know, it's like is that why you go so fast? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing <laughs> else. That's why I, one of the reasons I love the racing is it's like gah, you know. You're just scared the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then like after I after my everything comes settled down, I'm, I'm running and thinking to myself, I'm like. Well, wow, Eric, you really screwed the crap out of that because yeah. there's no reason you should have went out that fast. And you'd probably have a, fin a better time right now if you weren't yeah. an idiot. But. I don't have that problem. I go out nice and slow. Yeah. Hey. But that was a common one. I've Quite a few people said yeah. about going out too fast at different times. Yeah. I have a good one. I um, it, wasn't, it wasn't exactly my mistake, but I had uh, just amazing crew at Eastern States. And I, uh, you know, with my crew, I have head crew and that's Lacey and she takes care of me and she's the only person who gets to talk to me and she knows exactly what to do. So I have Lacey and I think Trish was there. I, don't know, I get into the, the first 
aid station, which takes a while to get to the, the first aid station at Eastern States. And so you come in and you know, everybody's excited to see you and all that stuff and, and um, having a good time. And I had handed my polls to somebody and then uh, Lacey was uh, putting lube on my legs for me because I was wearing shorts. And so she put lube on my legs and then she handed me my poles and then I start running down the trail and there's a, a, you know, that particular aid station, you have people coming in and out on the same trail. And so they have a volunteer standing there kind of telling me where to go. And I go past the volunteer and I yell, she lubed my pole. (laughs) And I was like, that sounds terrible. I didn't understand what I was saying until I'd already said it. It was like this teenage boy. (laughs) But I had lube all over my poles because she lubed my legs and then handed me my poles. Uh, It was fun. So uh, the, the, the thing is, if you have somebody on your crew lube your legs, make it a different person than the person who hands you your poles. That's the lesson. That's a good lesson. I never would have thought of that one, but I, I would right? not I would not want a slippery pole. Exactly. I'm dropping knowledge like yeah. you wouldn't believe. Right. Um what was I what was I gonna say? They uh I don't know, I lost it. What else you got? What other mistakes have you made? Oh, other mistakes that I've made. Um well I I wanted to um, touch on this really quick. A couple other ones that we saw in there were about shoes and footwear and getting footwear. Correct is so difficult. Um, I've definitely made some mistakes with footwear last year at Eastern States. I was having Achilles issues. So I'm like, okay, if I have Achilles issues, let me wear a high drop shoe. And I'm also going to put a shoe lift in on top of that. It, It was a terrible mistake. I ended up not with Achilles issues, uh, but with knee issues because I was in a very different position that I'm used to being in. I'm usually like a four millimeter drop person and, uh, and I shouldn't have done that. And I ended up, I ended up wobbling. I, the, I, the, and Eastern States, if, if any of you know the course at all, there's a section coming. It's not Heiner run. It's the aid station before that, the, um, coming into that aid station, it's just like grassy and it's nice and flat and super yep. easy. Yeah. I was doing like a 30 minute mile. It was terrible because I was in so much pain because I was trying to, I overcompensated for another issue. Um, so I think overcompensating I've, I've overcompensated. Don't overcompensate. Well, I remember what I was going to say now. Say it. Um, as far as, you know, as a runner, you don't want to make mistakes, but, and you were talking about crew, your crew. And it made me remember that crew, uh, Courtney DeWalter just put a post up on this on Instagram. She has this like series going of like helpful hints or something. And it's a lot of, it's very common sense to anybody who's run or, or done these long, longer ultras or crew. Not as, not as complex as don't lube somebody's poles. I mean, that's Correct. complex, complex Correct. knowledge. Got but it. I, I for one have been caught by this because I sometimes run stupid 
um, is make if you're crewing, you make sure you get your butt to that next aid station oh, yeah. a million times earlier than you think your runner is going to be there. Yeah. Don't, don't think it over too much. Don't do anything. Just pack your stuff up as soon as that your runner leaves that previous aid station and get your butt to the next aid station. Mm -hmm. No burger stops, no gas stops, yeah. nothing. Get there, sit there, be bored and wait. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I think that's spot on. And, you know, we talk a lot about trail running here, but uh, I dabble in some road. You dabble in some road running too. I've done, yeah. have you I've, have you ever done a Ragnar? No, haven't. Super fun. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's quite the experience. And if you're with the right group of people, which I've always been with the right group of people, thankfully, they can be a lot of fun. So Ragnar, I did a few road Ragnars and it really prepares you to be great crew because you have a van of six people and you drop one runner off and they start running and then the van has to go to the next stop and then you switch runners. So it's a relay. Well, I was running in the middle of the night and I had a long leg to do. So it's, you know, three o'clock in the morning. I'm doing like seven miles or something like that. I didn't want to carry a lot with me because it was super hot. So I'm like, hey, meet me down the road in like three miles. Give me some water. Um, and then I'll meet you at the, the changeover station. And I was so upset. And we had it down to a science and they were supposed to be standing there ready to go with my water so I could keep on trucking. And they were all asleep in the van. And so I come up to the van and I'm pounding on the window and they roll down the window and they're like, oh, Grace, you were just so fast. And I was like, that's bullshit. I was only two minutes early. Meet me down the street. <laughs> and so I was, I was a little... Uh, probably more intense than I should have been for a Ragnar looking back on it. But uh, I, it definitely did prepare me to be a great crew and to, um, I think everybody on our team to be great crew later on because we have in uh, kind of the group of people that we all crew for each other, we've never had somebody uh, who was late for crewing. And uh, I, I like to remind those friends that they fell asleep on me. So get to your spot, get there, whether you're in a Ragnar, whether you're crewing, whether you want to see somebody finish in time. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, let's face it. The reason we have a crew is to make our race experience more smooth, um, hopefully more, you know, faster and to share the experience. So mm -hmm. You don't want that to ever hinder any of those three things because just because of something as silly as you didn't think your runner was going to be there for another 20 minutes or, you, you know, it's just come on, like, don't don't set yourself up for for disaster. Just get just make sure stuff's done. Yeah. And I don't know why this made me think of it, but uh, I think when here's a big one and there are some people I'm talking to right now, and you know who you are. Read the emails that the race director sends to you. And if the race director says, <laughs> do A, B, and C, 
you should probably do those things. And I'm thinking specifically about the second time I ran frozen snot. I remember, um, I remember going out on the mile in the, the very beginning of it. And I did the first climb and I was going down the first descent in frozen snot and the course. And if you've never done frozen snot, it's a highly technical uh, course. It's usually in late January, early February. And it doesn't matter how warm it is that day, the valleys freeze. And so the race director says, you know, no matter how good you think you are, bring um, bring some sort of traction for your shoes, whether it's screws or um, or uh, what do you call them, spikes or something like that. And so I remember going down that first descent, and there were these two young kids, and they thought they would be fine without spikes, and they're just clogging up the trail because they can't get down the thing. And I whizzed right past them in my spikes. And so the race director says, bring your spikes, you bring your spikes, even if you you don't think you're going to need them. Right. All right. So what other, uh, do we have any other mistakes we want to talk about? Any, anything big? I mean, I talked about my, my tailwind mistake at Eastern States this past year. Mm-hmm. just consuming too much tailwind when I didn't practice with it previous to the race. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I got too much sodium and lost the contents of my stomach for many miles. Um, but that I can't think of any other real big mistakes that I've made other than the silly ones that I think we all make. Yeah. Oh, I have so many. Uh, my first ultra uh, which was two weeks after my first half marathon, <laughs> my first ultra, I um, was completely under trained for the longest distance I had ever hiked was 14 miles. And the longest distance I'd ever run was a half marathon that I had done two weeks prior. And, uh, and then I went out and did a 50 K about 4,500 feet of gain iron masters in Michaud state forest in Pennsylvania and completely unprepared for this thing. And I made so many mistakes during this race. Uh, but one thing that I did not understand was, uh, this happens a lot with new runners is IT bands. And I got to mile 20 aid station. I had a drop bag for myself because I thought I had to change my socks and my shoes. Uh, so I did, I changed my socks and my shoes. And I just hung out at the aid station. I sat there cross-legged Well, my IT bands just locked up because they were not used to this kind of thing whatsoever. And I was sitting cross-legged and then I stood up. I was like, oh, that feels kind of (laughs) weird. And and the last 12 miles were just excruciating pain. Uh, And I was uh, at the beginning of the race, which I went out way too fast because I did not understand ultra running or trail running or anything like this. Uh, I went out way too fast. I was on pace for about a seven hour 50 K ended up being 10 and a half hours. Uh, so I made plenty of mistakes in that one. Uh, but that was one of them was sitting, sitting in a way that locked up my, my IT bands. Interesting. <laughs> Is it stay, out, stay out of the chairs, right? Yeah. Stay limber, stay loose. 
I don't sit down much now at aid stations. I usually stand and get, get my stuff and go, you know? That's right. What are you doing this weekend, Grace? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm hoping to do a little bit of cheering at Dirty German on oh. Saturday. Yeah, I got a couple of athletes doing Dirty German, one doing their first 50K. So I'd really like to be there for the finish. And then doing some trail work on Sunday on the Mason-Dixon Trail. And you, sir, are going to have a, a fun time, right? Is that the goal? Have fun? Happy fun time? Sure, I guess. I mean, this uh, this is the most unprepared I've been for a big, long race in my running, short running career, Grace. <clears throat> are you do you are you gonna have crew and pacers or are you going solo? My wife is going down with me and Becky is hopefully going to pace me for Maybe up to like 30 miles towards the back, towards the end there, depending on where we can leave a truck and how she can get back to it and this and that type of thing. But yeah, my kids are staying home. So it's just herself and myself and uh, the woods. Nice. That'll be fun. I hope so. I look forward to talking about it on Monday, but yeah. I, it's going to be a, some kind of show. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I hope you don't have any mistakes uh, this weekend. I hope you enjoy it. And... Yeah, me too. I'm just kind of go with it. And uh, it's a first um, first step for me for my uh, long couple mm -hmm. hundred dollars this summer and then 200 mm -hmm. in the fall. So it's all just training, right? Tell me it's just training. It's not really it's a race. just a training run. It's just going out into the woods and putting some miles on those feet. Yeah. Hey, we should have a uh, a crew episode, maybe just to talk about. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of us and a lot of people that are watching probably think it's common sense, and it, a lot of it is. But maybe any secrets that we have or that we found out or that others want to join in of uh, to make to make the the pit stop as smooth and flawless as possible. Some there's some little tricks that you yeah. can do so you're not burning seconds up if your runner is fast, um, yeah. faster. So something to think about. We might want to, we might want to put that out there. I love it. Let's do it. All right. Great show. Thank you everybody for listening. We will see you the following Monday. Whoop. Number 12. I got to start thinking about some rhymes. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Good night. Bye.